legislature, he quickly returned to the chamber after being sworn in on the Capitol steps. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 101 points. More at townhall.com. Paid for by The David Pollock Show, LLC. David Pollock here. One thing I don't mess with is electricity. For that, I call my friends at P3 Electrical Services. P3 is a quality family-owned and operated electrical services company serving the Central Florida area for over 12 years. They provide the best possible solutions for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. From panel replacements to whole home generators from Generac and Briggs & Stratton, P3 has you covered. So don't get left in the dark. Contact P3 Electrical Services today. Find them online at p3electrical.com. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in residential and commercial property inspection so that you can get policies bound quickly, easily, and efficiently. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than what you need. Work with a company who respects your time and budget as much as you do. Contact FPC today, 407-743-1533. Online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell... I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. I'm very I'm not going to take it anymore. Everything is awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the second David Pollock show here on The Answer Orlando. Thank you guys for tuning in. I just want to let you know this is a live show. So if you're listening in your car and you want to be part of the show, all you have to do is pick up that phone and dial 407-774-8255. We're still talking about President Trump's indictment. I know we, I know you guys have heard it on every radio station, every show, every television station. Everybody wants to talk about the Trump indictment. And I hope you're not getting sick of it because the fact that the former president is facing an unprecedented political prosecution isn't something we should become immune to. It's not the new normal and it shouldn't be. And it's only the beginning. I'm sure you've already heard there's other possible indictments. And trust me, there's not just one or two more planned. They're going to keep going after Trump until they get him. As former Attorney General Bill Barr said, these indictments will last to at least 2024. And it's funny because it wasn't long ago that the Justice Department was careful not to announce any investigations they might have been doing. Remember when Hillary Clinton was the presidential nominee? They didn't want to talk about what they were investigating with her. Very careful. You remember our friend, the the gentle giant, James Comey. But now it seems that's the point of them. It seems this is what we're going to do now. We're going to investigate whatever political candidate we don't want possibly seeking office, right? This is not okay. 
I don't think the founders even ever envisioned this could happen. I mean, certainly there would be some sort of protection from this in our constitution because what is happening here is it's not good for our republic. We can't have former presidents being dragged in front of courts, dragged in front of juries. There's just no way this end wells, regardless of the crime. But I want to get right into it tonight because I'm really excited for my first guest. He's Jordan Seculo. He's the executive director of the American Center for Law and Justice. He's an attorney. He's the host of, of Seculo, a syndicated radio program with way more listeners than me. <laughs> he's also uh, he's also has a television broadcast. And if that's not enough, he's uh, has a book called The Next Red Wave, How Conservatives Can Beat Leftist Aggression. Let me tell you, it is my honor to have you on the show. Mr. Seculo, thank you so much for coming on. We're about to get we're about to get dorky with the law here in the first segment yeah. of the David Pollack show because uh I want to talk about some things that maybe a lot of people aren't sure. talking about. And that and, and I'm sure you've been talking about this too on your show. Everybody's been talking about it. I mean, just initially right off the bat, I mean, where what do you think about all this? It's a horrible like you said, it's a horrible precedent if we set this moving forward, if this becomes a norm. Our entire system of law. I mean, we saw this today from the HHS secretary. He was asked about the FDA ruling. Should the FDA ignore a federal court ruling on the abortion pill? Regardless of what, you, what side you're on on that issue, the, the fact that the, FDA, he, the HHS secretary said everything is on the table. He didn't immediately say, listen, we're not ignoring federal court orders. We'll challenge them in court, which is the right way to go about it. If you don't like a judge's decision, take it to the next court, which they are doing. But he wouldn't take off the table just completely ignoring it. So when you add that to the fact that this, this uh, obsession with going after former President Trump, who is a declared candidate and the leading candidate as of right now for the Republican nomination to be president, uh, the, uh, like you said, it, how it's, New York is really just the beginning. Then we moved to Fulton County, Atlanta with their DA, another DA issue. We've got a special counsel who's moved on from the idea we've been, that's been leaked out, of course, that there was actually anything uh, nefarious about the classified documents found in Mar-a-Lago that were actually behind lock and uh, key, and that the National Archives knew about was working with how to get them back the right way and negotiating over pages and things like that, uh, is now moved on to obstruction, So, which is what they always do. It has nothing to do with the initial investigation. Oh, somebody misled them, and it wasn't actually... Did they do that because Donald Trump actually told them to? And... The part about this is, again, if this becomes the norm for Democrats, but also Republicans, then our entire system of government fails. The whole, the whole setup of our government, where we have co-equal branches, but we also have this idea that uh, sitting presidents certainly uh, cannot be indicted uh, on criminal charges. Then we saw a move. We already saw this first move, I think, David, which was the second impeachment. Yeah. The second impeachment where the, the chief justice didn't show up because it didn't involve an actual president. So he was trying to also send the signal like, this is not right. This is not real. We don't, this is not how the system works. So, you know, as you pointed out time and time again, if we believe a president is not above the law. That's why we have impeachment. Right. So our elected officials can remove them. There is a process to go about this. Right. We also have an understanding that we don't get involved in elections. And, and Jim Comey got fired because of, he did that to both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. He should never have come forward days before the election and said they were reopening investigation to Hillary Clinton because that, that could impact the election. So she rightfully was angry until they utilized that as a reason to go after Donald Trump with a special counsel. 
Right. And, and that seems to always be the case, right? It, it's what's, what we, they want to do the Republicans, they can't do to Democrats. But, you know, and you mentioned something, too. And you mentioned uh, how all of this is nah, – I totally lost my train of thought. It left the station because I'm looking at too many things. Let's just <laughs> – let me get right into my question. Um, yeah. You know, here's the thing, and, and you're right. We talk about the um, – we talk about the fact that presidents, sitting presidents can't be charged with a crime. The founders envisioned uh, the criminal prosecutions being utilized as a political weapon. And that's why they wanted all prosecutions of the president to become political. And that's why they wanted them heard in front of the Senate with the Supreme Court presiding. And you're right. They didn't want to sit over the sham uh, in second impeachment. But here's the thing. If now we're setting this standard where now we have potential indictments of a, of a former president, the Sixth Amendment speaks to this. You have a right as an American to an impartial jury. And if you're a former president, forget whether it's President Trump or not, but especially President Trump, if you're a former president, how could you get an impartial jury anywhere? Because no matter what, you've impacted one of those jurors' lives. Either they voted for you or they didn't vote for you. They voted for somebody else. You raised taxes. You lowered taxes. Whatever you might have done, you've most likely affected every one of those jurors. And it's not something you could just get rid of in voir dire. You're not going to be able to give a former president a fair, a fair jury, an impartial jury, or a fair trial. I think we need it's to start. Huge, yeah. Go ahead, please. Yeah, it's a huge issue. Just this case because we had. But I suppose these are county DAs. I know it's Manhattan in this case with Alvin Bragg, but it's a county DA. He's no right. different than the Fulton County DA. Uh, but they are DAs. They are they are using state uh, law to bring a president into court on criminal charges. Uh, but then using federal charges to to make you know rise up to a level of felony, right. supposedly though we didn't really see that in the actual indictment itself. But but I go back to this this fundamental part of of the issue is no one is ever making the argument that you can't hold a criminal president responsible. But as you said, we have impeachment because our founders envisioned how you could use the legal system to subvert the political process. Right. And the American people are the ultimate deciders of those that political process. We get to choose our, our members of the House, the members of the Senate who do the impeachment and the trial. They are then uh, subject to our votes. So they have to make political decisions, as you said, in the right kind of sense, too. We're not talking about in the political decisions, the bad kind of sense, but in the good sense, because who they represent, would they, do they support that this is an impeachable offense? And I think that's why they left that term even kind of open to the politicians. So they have a lot of leeway yeah. if they actually believe it. And so and they did it twice. They did it twice to this. Uh, once as a current president, the second time as a former president. But if we allow local DAs to do this, what happens to our system? Right. Well, Republican mega donors are going to start funding DA races too, which they probably should for other reasons like law enforcement. But but then they're going to be under pressure to bring the same kind of political charges against Democrat politicians. I think that's wrong. Right. I don't I don't like I don't like that process either because then who is going to be involved? Who it's already tough enough to run for office and get people to run. Who is going to be involved in a system where you know if you run, you're going to have not just the federal, the feds coming after you or the FBI trying to come after you, but every local DA in America, there's 2,300 plus of them, that any of them could bring criminal charges against you at any time. That is not what our founders envisioned. No, and it it doesn't even matter that these charges are so weak. It's, It's not the process that we should set up in our country. It should scare everyone because it, it just subverts. The one thing that kind of keeps our country on track, which is that we respect the rule of law. And in this case, the Constitution dictates that this rule of law is up to the Congress elected by the people, not DAs, not grand juries and not judges. 
No. Yeah, I agree with you. And I do think, you know, uh, we, we need to consider uh, something congressionally that we can do. I mean, I know that we have uh, it's 18 U.S. Code 595. It talks about interference by administrative employees of federal, state yeah. or territorial governments. There is an instance where if you use your official so- uh, authority with the purpose of interfering with or affecting the nomination or elective of a candidate, there is there is you know, an area in which Trump can now go after Bragg. But you've already heard it. I I mean, the the indictment is weak. Everybody sees that it's weak, but it doesn't matter. You know, Bill Barr was saying that it's still going to impact the election. And that's exactly the purpose of this. And this is what we have to present. Not only that, we have a public, a tremendous public policy interest in preventing former presidents from being prosecuted regardless of the crime what if a former president just wants to take all that top secret information filled in their head and claim that they're political they're seeking a political asylum in a foreign country one of our adversaries if we start chasing our former presidents out of the country with with crimes i mean look you look far enough into anybody's past you're going to find a traffic ticket or maybe you ran a red light and then you can escalate that red light to a felony because you failed to report i don't know they'll they'll make up something we have to get away from this idea that we can charge our former leaders it's just it's not meant for the criminal justice system. What do you think? No, and, and I think the best example of this was the, the closest analogy to the case out of New York. The Clinton campaign not investigation. It was the FEC, the Federal Election Commission. So they do they issue fines basically. That's what, that's their power. And when she paid the law firm Perkins Toy to get the steel dossier, so she used them as the intermediary. She marked that down as legal expenses, and the FEC uh, ultimately decided that was a campaign expense. They didn't prosecute anybody. They fined the campaign. It was under $200,000. For a presidential campaign, that's like, kind of like the cost of doing business. No. And, oh, and, and really, should it have been, I mean, that's, they didn't not admit that they paid for it. They just didn't file which, which right way they paid for it. So she, they weren't even trying to hide that uh, in their filing. But they said, oh, you didn't file the right way. There is a penalty for that. If that was as far as you were to go, but in this case, the FEC said this matter didn't rise to that level right. because it wasn't directly campaign related. It wasn't the Trump campaign paying anybody directly and then filing it the wrong way. This was an uh, individual decision privately by the president, uh, who was a, a candidate, uh, who did this on his own outside of the campaign apparatus. Right. And right. so it, the FEC said, we don't have jurisdiction. DOJ, as much as they'd love to do this, I think are still kind of being held to their policy. We'll see ultimately with the special counsel investigation that we don't do this to uh, former presidents, current presidents, especially current candidates for federal office uh, when you're getting this close to now the primary season, honestly. And, uh, and so, again, the precedent that it sets is horrible. Instead of thinking, hey, we'll just do this to them, let's just say, let's, ne- let's have this never happen again. Let's make sure this is the first and last time this happened to preserve our, our democratic republic. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We used to bend over backwards to avoid interfering with elections. Now it seems like we're bending over backwards uh, to interfere with them. Uh, Jordan Seculo, thank you so much for being on the David Pollock Show. Absolutely. I can talk to you for an hour, but people can listen to you for hours if they really want to. So why don't you tell everybody how they can listen to you because you're all over the place. Yeah, we're on the Salem Radio Network as well. Conservative talk, uh, faith talk, uh, but they can check out. Just go to ACLJ.org. That's our organization. You can find out everything there. David. We'll do it again another time. This is awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We'll talk soon. Thanks, David.
With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. David Pollock here. One thing I don't mess with is electricity. For that, I call my friends at P3 Electrical Services. P3 is a quality family-owned and operated electrical services company serving the Central Florida area for over 12 years. They provide the best possible solutions for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. From panel replacements to whole home generators from Generac and Briggs & Stratton, P3 has you covered. So don't get left in the dark. Contact P3 Electrical Services today. Find them online at p3electrical.com. Now it's time for your Mortgage Minute, brought to you by the Joe Onofre Mortgage Team. Hey, Joe Onofre here with the Joe Onofre Mortgage Team. Rates continue to stabilize with the downward pressure from a weakening economy. Private payrolls grew less than expected in March, as well as the Fed's key inflation gauge. Job openings fell below 10 million for the first time in two years, indicating the Fed may pause future rate hikes soon and the efforts with higher rates are working. Home prices rose in February after seven straight months of decline. Tight inventory led to a 4% drop in mortgage applications. So what does this all mean for you? Now is still the best time to consider buying your next home. As rates continue to improve, your competition will only get stronger. Starting now with a strategy to get into the market could prove to be a big savings compared to what we expect to see moving forward. If you'd like to see how we can help you, please call me at 407-720-8514 or go to my website at lenderjoe.com. All right. Welcome back to the David Pollack Show, the best soundtrack of in all of talk radio. I like that song particularly because here I am living my dream, and thank you guys for tuning in. And I want to welcome back Tim Murtaugh. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. We had such a great conversation last week. I had to have you back so we can continue it. Tim is the Vice President of Communication Strategy for the firm National Public Affairs and former Communications Director for President Trump's 2020 re-election campaign. He also has a podcast. Tim, you want to plug your podcast? Sure, right off the top. Thanks, David. Uh, it's good. a pleasure to pleasure to be back with you uh, once again. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's a podcast that I've just launched with two other of my friends from the Trump campaign, Sonny Joy Nelson and Kaylin Dorr. Uh, they both also used to work for Getter, that's uh, the social media uh, platform. And it's called the Line Drive Pad Podcast, and you can find it on Rumble right now, and it's uh, soon to be expanding. But we just launched it, and I urge your listeners to check it out. We talk about the news of the day with, uh, of course, a conservative spin. Awesome. I, I, Kalen's a funny guy and, and I know you're brilliant. So this is going to be a fantastic podcast. So I also urge my viewers to listen. I think you have a great uh, dynamic mix of voices on there and a lot of different backgrounds. And I think it's going to be a great podcast. I look forward to uh, listening and maybe being a guest. You bet. You bet. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's get right into it because we're having an exciting uh, time here. Um, I wanted to talk to you about something interesting about all this. And I know I was I was uh, just talking to Jordan about the legal implications of the Trump case and all the policy implications to consider. But you know what I found out was really interesting? And this is what I wanted to talk to you about. What's kind of fascinating is now that Trump's under indictment, here we are. How, and all of these Republicans have come to his his defense. And I know you even talked about this last week. I mean, even Jeb Bush is out there trying to defend him, which is awesome, right? How now in a presidential primary where everybody's just going for blood a couple of weeks ago, you know, now nobody really wants to be that first person to to kind of go after Trump. And how do you go after him when he's fake, facing uh, political prosecutions? How do you go after President Trump in a primary? Does this guarantee now his victory in the primary? I know Bill Barr certainly thinks so, even though he doesn't think he'll be successful. I disagree. But uh, what do you think? Well, I think in the in the scope of the Republican primary, I think it certainly helps him. I, I don't think that anybody can say right now that it's locked it up for him. I think people who are trying to tell you that they know what's going to happen and be happening uh, one year from now in American politics, uh, they're lying to you. No one knows exactly what's going to happen. I, I would say that this was always President Trump's nomination if he wanted it. Uh, I think that the indictment makes it easier on him uh, to get the Republican nomination. Certainly, he would rather not be indicted. Right. But it has had the the, uh, the effect of having Republican voters, people who would be primary voters in their states, rally behind the president. And that's that's where the party is. I don't think I don't think you actually have to be a Republican. But if you are a Republican, I think it's nearly 100 percent agreement that everyone thinks this case in New York is a sham, that these are, as I just, just heard Jordan Seculo talking about, the FEC passed on this, and, and they have issued fines in situations like this in the past, and they elected not to take any action this time. The federal prosecutor, the U.S. attorney, elected not to take action on this case. And then you have the, the political uh, DA in Manhattan decide, well, he's going to be the one to finally bring the charges on this when all these other folks at the federal level had passed on this. So I think any Republican can see that this is a sham of a case that should not be brought forward in any in any event at all. And I think it's good that all the Republican candidates and those who are likely going to be candidates are speaking out about this because it's a bastardization of our criminal justice system, whether it's aimed at President Trump or aimed at anybody else. It should not operate this way. And I think anyone should be able to see that and say it. Yeah. And, and you know, which is interesting. And I think we mentioned this last week. Yeah, I love President Trump. And I think, like I said, I don't think anybody is going to be able to come back into office and put this country back on the path it needs to be on as quickly as President Trump. But what's interesting is, you know, Republicans have been looking for an answer to Donald Trump for the longest time because nobody fills an arena like Donald Trump. Nobody has the excitement or the electricity like Donald Trump. I mean, you can go and see him speak versus anybody else. The energy is just different. But the thing was, you know, people have heard what he had to say before, and it almost seemed like he was running out of steam. But now, uh, I mean, I've never seen MAGA so motivated to get out there and get behind him. And I know a lot of Democrats were speaking to this. They, they, were, they didn't want this New York case to go forward because they thought this Georgia case was going to be stronger. They certainly thought the federal case was going to be stronger with the, with the evidence tampering in Mar-a-Lago. And now this New York case is almost really just diluted any other possible case you can have against him. But the interesting thing is, even if he is charged or convicted in any of these, he'll be president by the time that happens. Now, the question whether or not this will affect that from happening or not, I guess it depends on who takes the gloves off first. But let's let's make a prediction, though. Who do you think might take the gloves off first and just go after Trump 
on on the uh, charges. Who do you think is the person who's going to take the fall and just ring that bell? Because you know, there's always somebody. <laughs> well, I, look, I don't I don't know who's going to be first, and I, and I hesitate to make predictions. I, right. I do want to point out you mentioned that I'm the vice president of Com Strategy for National Public Affairs, and we are not at this moment affiliated with any of the the presidential contenders or those who might become contenders. So I just I want to say that very clearly. I don't know who's going to be the first to take a swipe at Trump, and I don't think it would be uh, over this particular issue because I think Republicans are pretty much in agreement on this. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think what you'll see is people are going to have to demonstrate uh, that they can bring something to the table as a candidate for the Republicans in the general election, something that President Trump can't bring. You know, I think if you're trying to run as uh, Donald Trump, but just without the drama and the same on all the policies, I'm not sure that works because I. I hesitate to quote Bill Maher, but I think that he's right in this, is that people don't, and I'm paraphrasing here, people don't go to a concert to see a tribute band. They want to see the real Rolling Stone. So if, if that's what you're after, I don't think you're going to settle for a substitute. It's a matter of can these other candidates present themselves as something that Donald Trump is not, you know, not just a different version of Donald Trump. Yeah. And before that's, the that's the big question, you're right. And and before the indictment, they they were trying to do that. I mean, you had uh, a bunch of candidates seeking to be the alternative to Trump. And and I guess DeSantis hasn't made his intentions known yet. But what I found interesting, though, now I'm in Florida, I'm in Seminole County and Seminole County has always been very important in presidential races. I've actually in any race, really, Seminole County is where the presidency runs through. And I got a survey the other day from somebody. Uh, affiliated with the DeSantis camp, because if you've been in politics, you know, when you send out those surveys, you put whoever's candidate. I'm here. I'm going to give a trade secret to the people listening at home. When you see a survey from a candidate and their name is listed on top with all the questions, that's who sent the survey. And what I found interesting was there was a survey arguably from the DeSantis camp where they were inquiring whether people thought this was a a political prosecution. I know they're polling to see how that's going to work. And so the interesting thing is you have all these people gathering um, to kind of be the opposite of Trump. And then you have DeSantis, who hasn't said whether or not he's going to run. A lot of people are speculating that he will once the legislative session is over. But he's he's presenting himself as the new Trump, the Trump without the baggage. And like you just said, though, um, you're right. I think people want the original version of this. And and I wonder what you think if I know you don't represent any uh, uh, candidates right now. Um, if 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 you're DeSantis and you're trying to decide if whether or not you're going to run, does this Trump indictment make change your mind at all? No, I don't think it changes the calculus if, if I'm any of the candidates, because I think what people have understood about Donald Trump is that you have to expect the unexpected. And so stuff like this, just the, the, uh, the uh, unprecedented nature of things that happen that surround the Donald Trump candidacy, those are things that you sort of have to count on. You won't know exactly what it is that's going to happen, but you know that something is going to happen. So I think you just, you just sort of, you're, you're along for the ride just like everybody else. And if I'm, uh, have been planning my entire career to the point where I believe I'm going to be qualified for president and run, actually run for president. I don't think that uh, individual things, individual events that happen to any of my competitors is going to knock me off of what my plan is. You have to plan to run your own race and you react to what your opponents are doing. But just because this happened, I, I don't think that it would change my calculus at all.
Yeah, yeah, and you know that might be the case. I, I know uh, DeSantis it has been well loved in Florida. I, I do think, um, like you mentioned before, I, I think it is Trump's nomination to lose, even with the indictments. And I do think it makes him even stronger. Uh, Mr. Murtaugh, thank you so much for coming back on the David Pollack Show. I hope you'll come again. Um, we're going to have lots of exciting things to talk about as the political season heats up. We still have primaries to get through, more indictments to get through. Man, it's going to be an exciting year. 2023 will not disappoint. Thank you so much for being on the show. You bet. Thank you again, David. Anytime. Thank you. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting one of the two black Democrats who were expelled last week from the GOP-led Tennessee House has been reinstated. Nashville's governing council voted Monday to send Justin Jones straight back to the legislature. He quickly returned to the chamber after being sworn in on the Capitol steps. Police say a Louisville bank employee armed with a rifle opened fire at his workplace, killing four people. Louisville Metro Police Department Chief Jacqueline Gwynn VROL identified the shooter as Connor Sturgeon. He was killed by police responding to the shooting Monday. Gwynn VROL also said the shooter live-streamed the attack. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 101 points. The Nasdaq dropped three. The S&P 500 up by four. Oil dropped 96 cents to $79.74 a barrel. This is SRN News. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. David Pollock here. One thing I don't mess with is electricity. For that, I call my friends at P3 Electrical Services. P3 is a quality family-owned and operated electrical services company serving the Central Florida area for over 12 years. They provide the best possible solutions for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. From panel replacements to whole home generators from Generac and Briggs & Stratton, P3 has you covered. So don't get left in the dark. Contact P3 Electrical Services today. Find them online at p3electrical.com. David Pollock here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit the davidpollockshow.com. There you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit the davidpollockshow.com. Despacito Quiero respirar tu cuello despacito Deja que te diga cosas al oído Para que te acuerdes si no estás conmigo Quiero ver bailar tu pelo Quiero hacer tu ritmo I'm just going to listen for a minute there, Gabe. Gabe, my producer in the back, hooking me up with the sweet jams. Like I said, this is the David Pollock Show, the best soundtrack 
in all of talk radio. I'll give it all to you. Despacito and what are we like? Pina Giladas. Hey, it's radio, right? Well, welcome back to the David Pollack Show. I want to uh, let y'all know this is a live radio show, and uh, you want to call in and be part of the show. The number is 407-774-8255. I need to take a moment here to thank my sponsors. We're a new show. Our sponsors keep us on the air. So if you like what you're hearing coming out of your radio, you need to go and do business with our sponsors. That's P3 Electric, Topper's Ice Cream, FinSec Life, Joe on a free mortgage team, and Floridian Property Consultants. These are our sponsors. Many more coming. You need to go to our website. There are links. Check them out. They're all the best. I do not take sponsors that I would not do business with. So they get the David Pollock certified. Go do business with these good people. So we've talked about Trump, I guess, the entire first show, half of this show. And man, Jordan Seculo, Tim Murtaugh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. You offer and, and bring an insight um, that's valuable both to me and our listeners. So thank you for being part of the show. But what I want to do now, now if a little bit, Trump plenty uh, over the next few weeks, months, years, uh, uh, hopefully. Um, but I want to shift back to something that I wanted to talk about from the beginning of the show. And, and this is something I, the kind of, theme, the ongoing theme that I wanted to have from day one. Um, and that's this idea that, you know, there's everybody's kind of feeling this, this sense of, you know, when you hear the show open, you know, uh, the Mac's not going to take it anymore. I'm pretty sure I can say the H-E-L-L word, but I don't know. I don't want to get fined. <laughs> but the idea is there's a lot of everybody's, if you're out there driving around, if you're going to the store, if you're watching TV, there's just this underlying tension, this anger. And that's why in my show open, when I put it together, that's why I have that scene um, from the network. It's a 1976 film where Howard Beale, he's an anchorman for the UBS uh, Evening News, uh, who struggles with mental illness and his view of the ramifications of the social ailments and the other problems existing in the world. I chose that scene for the show open because if you listen to the full clip, you'll hear him discussing things that affect all of us still today. And, you know, all of it's a little bit too overwhelming to him. You know, inflation, Russia, crime. And and he exclaims he's mad and he's not going to take it anymore. And, and you shouldn't either. Let me do this. Let me let me see if I can pull up the clip. It's, it, Gabe, it's cut five. And uh, here's the full scene. And, and I want to share it with you because, you know, I think it, it, it kind of leads into everything we're going to be talking about here. Let's go. If, if you can, Gabe, pull up cut five. All right, he doesn't have it. All right, he doesn't have it. Let's move on. <laughs> in in that, what he's talking about, he says, I, you know, you heard in the open, he's like, I don't know, tell you about Russia or China or write your congressman. But what he also talks about, he says, he says, I don't know what to do about inflation. Or, you know, he talks about all these things that have been relevant since the 1970s. Nothing's changed 50 years. And we're still talking about Russia and inflation. And we're still talking about, you know, things that relatively haven't changed in a really long time. The thing is, we're still anxious. We're still angry. All of these issues are still relevant 50 years today. And, you know, the thing is, we're not just angry about Russia and China and inflation. Things are changing. Yes, these used to be the things that mattered. But now things seem to be happening on a much bigger basis. Something has been in the... Uh, Gabe has a plug. You know what? Let, let's just put it on real quick. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression... Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. 
banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street, and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. You know, the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. End it here, Gabe. I want you to get So, and this is what I want you to hear. I was looking for interesting uh, oldie, old-time, like, show open clips, and then I come across this, and I'm like, man, this was a long time ago, and all of this stuff is still relevant. And this is what I wanted to talk about. 50 years later, we're still talking about this. Well, what's changed? And, and this is what I wanted to talk about. Yes, these things are still issues. And yes, some of these things still upset us. But I think things are changing. And like I mentioned, I think what's happened from 50 years ago, plus all of the things that we're upset about now, something is changing. And it's been in the works, in my opinion, since the 1950s. And honestly, guys, I'm sure you've heard other people talk about this, and I don't know if you want to call it socialism or leftism or whatever. This Marxist revolution is what you're starting to see in this country. It goes back to the 1950s is when they started to say, hey, let's see if we can do this in the United States. Some of these things like inflation and crime and China and these other conflicts, all of that is related to what the end game is and what they're trying to do. These are just symptoms of something bigger. It's an ideology. It's the opposite of conservative philosophy. That conservative philosophy philosophy that informed our founders. It's the idea that rights come from God and they're inalienable. Conservative principles that form the basis of our constitution, the oldest one still in existence. It's a document that upon which we built a nation that has enjoyed more powerful, more, more power and more wealth than any other country in the world. And sure, it's not a perfect nation, but it still remains the most free with the most opportunity for all. People are still willing to die to get here so they can have the opportunity to work, raise their family, practice the religion as they see fit. And the success of America has always been a threat to Marxism because America remains that shining city on the hill, the living example that conservatism and capitalism produced the most freedom and the most individual liberty in a political society. And that makes Marxists mad, especially those who rule autocratic governments in places like Russia and China and the rest of the world who labor to ensure that that power does not rest with the people, but instead with the government for who they believe that they know what's best for people, not the people themselves. And if an Avenger fan, you might remember this scene from Loki. And it's cut six, Gabe, if you want to cue it up. You guys can't see the video, but what's happening here is Loki is kind of descending the steps and standing in front of people here. Hold on. Now, here you go. Here's when he goes and professes how much better he is than those people. Go ahead and take a listen. I said...
not this simpler? Is this not a natural state? As the people are on their knees in front of the the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. The bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You were made to be ruled. You always kneel. And at this moment, an older gentleman stands up in front of Loki, defiant, and says, Not men you. There not are men, men like, me. like you. There are always men like you. At this point, Loki rises and raises that little staff thingy. Ties the shield, man. Captain comes in with a shield and blocks him from that little electricity light thing that shoots out of it. You can head to here, Gabe. Now, I'm not going to get dorky and tell you which Infinity Stone is inside that or any of that stuff. Go and watch the Avengers. The original uh, phase was pretty awesome. But the idea here is this. In that scene, a man stands up, refuses to kneel for Loki. What you can't see, um, so when Loki tries to zap that man, Captain America jumps in, rises his shield, saves that man. And what I want to and the reason why I wanted to show that to you, because America is like that elder who stands up to Loki. We are the ones who have stood, refused to kneel to the type of, uh, of rulers who seek to control us. That's what it makes America special. And conservatives must be Captain America. We must shield America from the deadly energy directed at stopping her continued rebellion to the cause of liberty. Just as America survives, our rebellion against tyranny survives, which is why it's so important to the Marxists that this rebellion dies with America. You see their efforts every day to destroy us, and they manufacture issues such as race and gender and inequality and COVID and religion. Invoking real, raw emotion, personal issues. It's all designed to divide us. That's what I want to talk about. They know that a house divided cannot stand. They're counting on it. And sadly, due largely in part to power-hungry politicians who can't help themselves, but to seize on that division and gain power for themselves, the Marxist plan is working. Politicians want you to get angry. They want you to get active. Then come August and November, they want you to vote. They want you to vote. Turn out for them. That's how they get you excited enough and emotional enough to show up and vote and work for free on their campaigns and turn over your treasure so they can send mail and run ads, show their ability to fundraise the social credit system and the political class. They want you mad so they can be in power. In politics, anger and rage is good for business, and Democrats have employed this weapon with much success. And like a Trojan horse, the device's ideology of Marxism has infiltrated every aspect of Democrat politics, whether it's BLM riots, radical trans activists, guns, or abortion. Nothing is being held back. Violence be damned. It's all just too good for their political ambitions. They can't give up. And Republicans are watching. They too are looking to harness that hate, anger, and rage for their own political ambition. And now we find ourselves in an ideological nuclear arms race. And I feel fear America will not survive this new political nuclear war. We're walking right into their traps as our streets burn, our leaders are arrested, and our children are shot. And like the cockroaches, Marxists wait in the shadows, feeding on the crumbs of liberty, waiting 
for our light to be extinguished so they may roam freely in the dark. But before it's too late, we must stand up to the hate, anger, and division. We must be Captain America and shield our nation from those who wish to see it kneel. As a nation, we must come together as Americans to show our Marxist adversaries that we've had enough of their social engineering. We see what they're trying to do here, and we reject it. And we do that by disincentivizing our leaders from employing Marxist tactics by voting them out. So yes, every election from this day forward becomes the most important election in our lives. We have to push back against the politics of division and call it out for what it is. We have to protect the integrity of our elections and resist efforts to destroy us from within. But it's not going to be easy. I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to be joined by my good friend, Scott Pressler. And we're going to talk about how we can take back America. David Pollock here. One thing I don't mess with is electricity. For that, I call my friends at P3 Electrical Services. P3 is a quality family-owned and operated electrical services company serving the Central Florida area for over 12 years. They provide the best possible solutions for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. From panel replacements to whole home generators from Generac and Briggs & Stratton, P3 has you covered. So don't get left in the dark. Contact P3 Electrical Services today. Find them online at p 3 Electrical. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in residential and commercial property inspection so that you can get policies bound quickly, easily, and efficiently. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than what you need. Work with a company who respects your time and budget as much as you do. Contact FPC today, 407-743-1533. Online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Having a good time, having a good time. A shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger, defying the laws of gravity. And welcome back to the David Pollack Show. I'm going to say it again. Aren't these songs great? I mean, who likes to go to break or come back? I mean, I hope you want to come back from break. But man. At least you get to listen to this good music. So <laughs> welcome back, everybody. I know we took a weird turn on the day. We went from talking about Trump to, wow, Marxism. But the idea here is something that I wanted to talk about ongoing throughout everything. Because, you know, everything we're going to talk about, you know, today, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to it today, but I wanted to talk about the Tennessee Three or, or some of the other things you're starting to see on TV. A lot of this stuff, guys, a lot of the time where you see people just getting angry about these socially engineered issues, the things that keep us divided, that's what's at the heart of this. There are people making decisions in this country to make sure that we're divided and they use it for political purposes. We have to stay aware of that, which is why elections are so important. And that's what I want to talk to my good friend Scott Pressler about. Hello and welcome to the show again, my friend. I hope you're warmer in where? Pennsylvania? I am. So I just got out of Wisconsin. I'm here in Pennsylvania. I went from two feet of snow to short here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Quite a change. <laughs> And, and 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 for those who may not know uh, Scott Pressler, he's the persistence on Twitter. He is the hardest working Republican in the business going all over the country, making sure we win key elections. And and I'm not sure how much of uh, my last segment you heard, but essentially what I'm talking about tonight in this segment is how important it is that uh, Republicans, especially, but all Americans go out and vote and vote for the type of candidates that are not hell bent on destroying this country. And how are we doing that, Scott? Well, for example, I'm here in Allentown, 
in Lehigh County, Pennsylvania. And here's something that nobody's talking about. On May 16th, there's a primary in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and there are five school board races that are up for election, and actually a sixth one to fulfill uh, the two years remaining of a seat. And that's six seats of nine that will be determined this November for the school board. I mean, that's consequential that we found with the lockdowns and that we found with, you know, the sexualization that's happening with our children. And these are the local races that count and matter and that, more importantly, are decided by such a small portion of the population. And so, really, it's critical that if you care about presidential and congressional, et cetera, you also have to dial it down to local races. Yeah, and, and that's right. And and the thing is, now I'm curious to get your opinion on this. I mean, a lot of in, in Republican political circles, a lot of them is made of electability. You know, are we getting the right candidate? Are, are they electable? Um, should we be more concerned with what the candidate stands for? And 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 and, you know, you might have heard me mention this. It seems like even Republicans now want to harness this anger and this division because there's a lot of arguments that are like, hey, you know, they're prosecuting Trump. We should prosecute them or we got to do what they're doing. And I know we've talked about, um, you know, employing some of their their strategies on the ground, such as legal ballot harvesting, because we do have to beat them at their own game. But at the same time, where do we kind of draw the line? And we don't want to just keep escalating the division and the divisive politics, but we need to motivate our voters as well. So how do you kind of, you know, walk that line of, of trying to beat Democrats at their own game, but at the same time, not doing what they do with the dividing of the country? What, what do you think? Well, it's difficult. We don't have to become the left to beat the left. However, I admire, I have to say, well, maybe admire isn't the right word, but you know, Democrats, they actually put their money where their mouth is. And I'm not saying it's right. And I'm not saying I agree with any of their policies. But look at President Obama, for example. When he was elected in 2008 and Democrats were in full control, what did they do? They did the Affordable Care Act. And yes, it led to them having a resounding loss in 2010, but it didn't matter. They got what they wanted. They were able to wield the power that they elected in 2008 and they forever changed our country, right? We have Republicans in power in part in the House of Representatives. Yes, we don't have the Senate. We don't have the presidency. But Republicans have to learn that when we are in power, you use it and you use it to its full extent under the law to provide the voters with what you campaigned on. Keep your promises. That's all we want. However, you know, I've been a bridge builder. I'm a unity guy. I'm a party guy. You know, I'm going to support the Republican because I believe the worst Republican is still better than the best Democrat, period. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. And so we need to stop this division that's happening within the Republican Party. I'm a huge fan of President Donald Trump, and I'm also a huge fan of Governor Ron DeSantis. And I think that you can be a supporter of both and recognize the contributions that both men have done for our society. And at the end of the day, look, let's let, if Governor DeSantis joins the race, let's have a healthy, positive, uplifting primary debate process. And let's save the attacks. Let's save the negativity for the Democrats. But one last thing that I really want to touch on, David, and it was concerning to me, 
it was very concerning that I was in a red area in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania doing voter registration. And what I found from my brief time in Quakertown, a red area of PA, is I saw voter apathy, I saw voter disinterest, and I saw undecided voters that are uninspired and don't know who they want going into 2024. So if we're going to be successful as a party and as a nation, we need to present a positive, uplifting, hopeful future. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, that's an excellent point. You know, I, I know Democrats have been very successful with pointing out our differences, with making everything racial or, or gender based or sexuality based. And Republicans don't play those games, but Democrats do. And then they use those social, those social issues to motivate people to get to the polls. And what's so painful to me is I have a lot of friends of all, you know, backgrounds, different beliefs. You know, maybe they're Democrats or Republicans or liberal or conservative or they don't get involved in politics. But politics just have got into everything. Like there are people who I can't talk to anymore. They actually it's not I won't talk to they won't talk to me because they just assume I'm somebody based on the way I vote or who I support. And politics have just gotten so divisive. But here's the reality. I don't believe. Americans are that divided. I think the majority of Americans agree with one another on most issues. Now, of course, there are fringe issues that, you know, both sides of the party keep keep pursuing. The Democrats have been more successful in their fringe issues than Republicans. But the thing is, there's there's a lot that unites us versus divides us. But what I think I think where Republicans win is on issues because our our policies are just better. We lower taxes, better business environments, peace through, through strength. I mean, everybody's life is better when Republicans are in charge. That's the truth. If you take all the social issues away from everything they accuse Donald Trump of being, regardless of everything they accuse Donald Trump of being, his policies work for all Americans. Your taxes were lower. The economy's better. The world was safer. I mean, people benefit from Republican policy. So I think Republicans need to focus on the issues, focus on the policies and not get distracted by all these social issues, which is why it's on us to call it out when we see it and say, guys, they're trying to divide us. They have bad intent. We do not need to support these people because this is how it works for you. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, I just posted on Twitter, I think yesterday or the day before, and I was just commenting on how much of the outrage circus that we see, I believe, is truly manufactured. The the powers that be, the establishment, the deep state, whatever you want to call that amorphous being, they want us divided and they want us attacking each other and they want us focused on other things as a distraction. We need to focus. When I was talking to the voters and I asked them what mattered to them, it was all the economy. We need to focus on how we're going to improve the quality of life for voters, whether that's abolishing property taxes or whether that's lowering the corporate tax to make sure that businesses are moving to America, not to China, not being outsourced to other countries. How are we going to put more money in the pockets of American citizens to make life easier so they can flourish? That needs to be our credo moving forward. Yeah. And everybody, you know, I think everybody knows the phrase, it's the economy, stupid. And you're exactly right. And and trying to tie it all together, you know, the difference between capitalists and Marxists or socialists or whatever you want to say is really economic because that's their big beef. Their beef is the economic one. Their beef is that, you know, labor's treated unfairly by mean capitalists, the ones who are ruling the world. 
it's really an economic debate. But the reality is America, a capitalist country, is more powerful and more wealthy, and people have a better quality of life here than anywhere where socialism has been tried. I mean, look at Cuba, even Russia, even China. Look at Venezuela, the collapse when they tried socialism. We know that socialism fails economically. Sure, there's some ideological uh, wish list embedded in that, but the idea of dis disparities and the racism and the gender issue, a lot of that, I agree with you, it's manufactured because that takes people and further divides us because if they're like hey look see this is what's wrong with america and their capitalist economy they they they're racist and they don't respect your gender and all these other things and i do have a theory on why they're bringing race and gender into it but i'm not going to get into that today but yes it's you're exactly right it's this idea that the economy will lift all ships the economy will inspire people to vote for republicans and we do need to focus on what we're going to do for them and not get dragged into these fights what do you think well i want to give people an action item and not just come on here and talk about things that people may already agree with. Yeah. But if you're listening right now to the David Pollack show, right. as you should be, <laughs> this is my second time returning. Glad to be here. I hope, I hope you're back a lot. In, <laughs> absolutely. How can you help in the state of Florida? Well, let's bring this back home for a second. We're talking about the importance of voting, of getting local, of making sure that we're participating in all elections did you at home the listener right now know that there is an election on may 16th in jacksonville florida in duval county for mayor and did you know that there's a conservative mayor of jacksonville that may be replaced by a democrat so we all need to support daniel davis on may 16th and you can help by going to Duval.gop if you even want to support Jacksonville from Seminole County or from Tampa or from Miami. And that's but what we need to get involved locally. And that's what you do better than anybody else. You get people aware of these races that matter. Scott Pressler, thank you so much for being a part of the show as you hear another great song playing us out. Um, please come back anytime you want and keep doing the good fight for us Republicans and teach us how to win elections. Scott, thank you so much for being part of the show. Guys, you, I... Thank you so much. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the David Pollock Show. I hope you go to davidpollockshow.com, find all these latest episodes, visit our sponsors. Keep tuning in every Monday night at 7 p.m. We love having you. Thank you very much for joining the show, and we'll see you next week, same place, same time. David Pollock out. With this SRN News.